Welcome to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast, where we desire to connect you with people, teaching, encouragement and resources that will see you and those around you restored to true humanity. Join us as we seek to help you apply the grace of God onto the details of your life. Welcome to episode eight of the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. We're in episode two of our three-part series on sustainable ministry, and we have a voice with us today that you might recognise. I have (laughs) Sue Patterson back at the table. Welcome, Sue. Thanks, Jess. And Sue's here today just to share a little bit about her history of serving God in the multiple ministries that she's been a part of and the multiple ways that she's been um, blessed just to really share who God is with others and walk alongside them. So, Sue, I'm really excited to get a little bit of a picture of of who you are, of what journey God's taken you on and what keeps you vibrant, keeps you focused, keeps you connected as you walk long term um, in the ups and downs of serving within a ministry context. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. We love having your voice on the podcast. (laughs) So to start us off, do you mind giving us a little bit of a picture of what serving in ministry has looked like for you for however long that's been, maybe that's a good place to start. Sure. Well, I think um, it took me by surprise when I looked at actually looking back how long that's actually been. I've yeah. been in some kind of ministry for over 35 years. Oh, wow. Hmm. So um, I think as far back as I can remember, I've been interested in what causes people to flourish and what stumps them mm. from growth. I think I was born aware of bruised hearts around me and always had a heart toward people struggling or wrestling. At the moment, I work for the Project Church as the lead women's pastoral carer in Restore Ministries as a governance board member Mm -hmm. in supervising and mentoring other leaders and in group facilitation. I also work in our Restore Centre counselling arm Mm -hmm. as a registered counsellor. That's just a new new area which is really exciting to move into. I started out actually when I first got saved I uh, was passionate about telling anybody about the gospel Mm -hmm. and I'd got quite radically saved so I was thinking about young people my own age going they need to know Jesus Um, and the church I belonged to had a Um, arm in the university they used to go out into the university and just um, sit around and talk to people about Jesus so that was my first entry into there I was like yeah this is so exciting (laughs) being radical for God as far as I thought it was radical so that was where I began and then um, not too long after that I got into youth ministry and then uh, when I married my husband we we ran a a youth group of um, 45, 13 to 15 year olds, oh, wow. um, which was exciting and kept us hopping and we used to <laughs> strap our kids on our back and run around with them like crazy people. Then um, I also was in, um, I've been in leadership positions and I've done all sorts of things, admin, which is not really my forte, M- music, which um, is really, I absolutely loved that and was passionate about that and was did music ministry for seven years and then we moved into pastoring our own church, Mm. did that and then through that um, some real radical heart change came for us and um, at that time my desire for really helping people again was immersed um, or reinvigorated and um, 
we decided to move out of pastoring and into ministry where you could actually work more with people that were hurting. Then uh, I also did chaplain for um, for nearly a decade, which uh, again was a wonderful thing to do. I was always a little bit nervous of teenagers, so it wasn't something I stepped into but got talked into and suddenly realised I I loved that and they loved me. So that was a good thing. And always had um, people in our home in varying degrees, have people come and live with us and, you know, journey with us and that's been great. So here I am now and, um, you know, it's 30-odd years later and I'm still going. There's a beautiful thread that seems woven through all of those ways that you've been able to serve God and that's people. Yeah. That's loving and caring and coming alongside his people. And I know that that's something that I've seen you do really well in the, mm. the years that I have known you. Can you share a little bit with me, um, given that you have been involved in such a wide array of ministry, how did you come to know when it was time to move from one ministry to the next? I'm sure each season was unique, but is there something that you can see that kind of ran alongside all of those changes for you? I think um, I've always had a heart to want to be aligned well with where God wants me. And I've gradually got clearer about where my giftings actually lie. And I think that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. As I've got older, I've realised actually this is the area that I work best in. In the beginning, I think I was just in whatever capacity because I just loved it and loved what God was doing and so impacted by seeing God move in somebody's life. Mm. And that has never changed. Seeing a a wounded, broken heart feel the nurturing, loving touch of God and seeing hope arise is the thing that motivates me constantly. And so just learning to breathe with that and trust that He's opening the doors that you need to go through and and also being challenged. Some of that has been challenging, learning new things, learning how to become more skilled, studying things that I always thought were not really my forte. I've actually found I can do with his help and more than that, I've found that it's deepened my love and understanding for people even more. So... I think part of that is just learning to go, God's timing is good. Mm -hmm. You can trust that and he's not going to lead you astray. But how do you hone your gifts so that they become really good tools for him? It's nice to see a a little insight into how things have moved and changed and and worked for you as seasons have changed and the way that you have served has changed. So just to switch a little bit then. Yeah, sure. um, And talk about something a little bit more on um, the flip side of all that beautiful stuff that you just shared I don't think it's a secret that serving God is hard it's not always easy it's rewarding and beautiful and the most precious thing that we can do but it is often hard and Mm. tiring and can stretch us and wear us yeah Um, so over the last 35 years is there anything that kind of stands out to you that kind of fits inside that category of just being something that's been a little bit more tiresome or disappointing for you yeah just I think working with working with broken people or working with people full stop um, me included is challenging Mm. you know when you sit with broken hurting people people's issues are complex and sometimes 
that's tiring and wearing and um, it has it has an impact and it sometimes has a personal impact. So I don't think we, well, I haven't. I haven't arrived in an area that I can go, yep, it's all okay. I'm, I've heard that before and it doesn't have an impact. It does have an impact because yeah. the people sitting in front of me are still feeling their pain intensely. Yeah. So some of that is tiring and I think I've had to learn how to become more balanced and I'm still not I'm still learning I'm still learning about how to become more balanced in a way that really um, helps me be able to be the best I can Mm. in that space Um, some of the things that I have found difficult and that have really stretched me in ministry well one of the first things was coming from a family that perhaps wasn't necessarily understanding of what ministry entailed that was really challenging because I loved my family and I wanted to be at one with them Mm. and sometimes following God and the truth can be divisive and aligning with God sometimes misunderstandings happen and and disunity happens and you have to learn to walk with that and live in that and it's uncomfortable I think that's the thing it's uncomfortable and how do you separate and allow and trust God when um, when sometimes it feels like you're losing your family to embrace another family. Yeah. That's really, that was challenging. Absolutely, incredibly hard. Mm. So as I think back, I was thinking these are the things that have been, yeah, difficult, difficult. The other thing, another thing that has been challenging is how do you grow your own family within ministry when you are when you are the people doing ministry and Mm. they are coming along for the ride. And I think that I have always been really positive about that with my children and painted, you know, a passionate picture because I am passionate about God um, and his church and his people. But there's also a lot of sacrifices that are made along the way. And sometimes you're hoping you know, a young child is going to understand them and they don't. Mm. And you have to navigate watching them sometimes get the wrong interpretation of church and and even of God sometimes because of how different their lives are to their neighbourhood or the mm. kids they go to school with. That's hard. Um, I think it, it causes you to really push in and trust God when you can't see the outcome, but you are trusting him with your most precious possessions. Yes. And sometimes that's that's very challenging, very challenging. And knowing, you know, I think it keeps you on your knees, but you have to trust sometimes when they are not understanding and when they have their own will and their Mm -hmm. own walk and you're, (laughs) you're really trusting, oh, man, I hope that I'm walking in a way that makes life with God look inviting rather than um, difficult and tiresome. And sometimes you do that better than others. And (laughs) unfortunately, you know, often they are very aware of the difficult times and even though you're, of course, really careful on how you speak, but kids are really smart. Yes, and very perceptive, (laughs) (laughs) even when you think they're not listening. They're well and truly aware of what's happening around them. Yeah. And it's hard to watch their little hearts get bruised and battered by 
um, when they see their mum and dad wrestle and sometimes yes. hurt. So, yeah, that that's a big challenge. How, how do you do that well? Yes. And there's been times, you know, where you're really on your knees going, oh, God, I want to surrender and I'm, uh, I want to sacrifice, but I'm not feeling that happy about it today. Yeah. <laughs> and you would have had that journey for quite a long um, time or quite a large component yes. of your serving yes. life would have been with young children yep. in tow. Absolutely. Yeah, when we did music ministry, I birthed one of my babies on uh, Wednesday and I was back on stage on Sunday. Oh, wow. And I look back and go, what was I doing? <laughs> it's been crazy. But that's what we did. We took them everywhere. They grew up and they were well-loved and nurtured. But there was times I look back and go, well, that that was a lot of sacrificing in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. and two different sides of serving God as well. Serving God in the official mm. capacity of ministry, but then also serving God in the way that you raise and love his children that he's given you as part yes. of your family. So there is a lot a lot of servitude happening within that season probably everywhere you look there's a different way for you to be loving on one of God's children whether they're inside your household or not and that would be tiring I can imagine Mm, yeah that's right I hadn't thought of that fully but yes that's right the other thing um and probably the most challenging thing that I've found about being in ministry is when you are in a position of leadership um whether you like it or you don't people look at you and they're kind of reading your heart Mm -hmm. and often when you are trying to paint a picture of a vision and you're trying to move in a certain direction um, that you you feel God's talking to you about and you're trying to move people with you Mm. it's challenging sometimes because it it crosses uh, across people you know we cross each other's will and sometimes it takes great surrender and um Sometimes they don't want to surrender and mm. they they attribute the conflict going on inside to you rather mm. than seeing the bigger picture. And so I think what I call that is, um, you know, having people judge and misread your heart. Yes. And those, have, those are personally hurtful. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a fight to draw towards unity when you feel arrows in your heart mm. rather than a hand on your shoulder. Yeah, but anyway, in the midst of that, God builds good character, but it's not always, it's not always full of joy, even though I am pretty joyful. (laughs) (laughs) You are a very joyful person, Sue. That's definitely something that I'm sure a lot of people would, would share about you. And I don't want to make you dwell in that place but can you share a little bit more about that because obviously that's a really heartbreaking hard component of serving in the kinds of ministry that you do where you're surrounded by people and you're surrounded by difficult things and you're walking alongside people in hardship and what I've noticed is there's been a couple of times where you've kind of made a mention of that bruised heart yeah and that bruising of the heart and feels like Maybe this is a space for you that has had that sort of that bruising impact. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think you know, we don't do things perfectly, and we don't deal with each other perfectly, mm. and so we we do bruise each other's hearts. And when you have, 
when you feel like you're sacrificing, when you feel like you're doing hard yards, when you're dragging your kids to every meeting, when you're um, getting up on stage and, um, you know, worshipping in the Lord, when you're feeling disoriented, when you Mm. are having conflict in your own home or marriage and then you, uh, but you still are in a position of leadership, you have to push through those things because it's actually about pushing into God's glory and displaying Mm. that to the best of your ability. So when that's happening... And then you, on top of that, you have people kind of judge your heart or mis- misread you. Mm. That's doubly hard. Yeah. And it does kind of leave you with a bruised feeling and, you know, you go away a little bit like a dog licking their wounds, sit uh, um, by the creek for a little while. <laughs> but um, I remember when... After we had finished pastoring our own church for a little while and when I was working as a chaplain um, and I got invited to join this church, mm-hmm. the project, I remember the first meeting, I felt I went away and prayed about it and I, I felt like God was saying, you know, this would be good and I'd really love you in here. And I remember meeting up with um, with Pete and the, and the few staff who were working then yep. and Suddenly the reality of what I'd said yes to and the memory of some of this hurt Mm. collided and I can remember in the meeting suddenly realising, oh, I feel really distressed and I I cried about that and was saying, you know, I want to step back in here but there's part of me that is like, I don't want to be hurt, I don't want to feel that again. That's a, those are very real, real moments. I think um, the the good thing and the the God thing about that is that I found great comfort. You know, God doesn't leave me hanging out mm-hmm. there. In the midst of that, He comes to me, and I am passionate about God and His people, and that overrides. Um, so I don't stay licking my wounds <laughs> by the creek for too long, but. The reality is being a leader, it's it's not easy a lot of the time. Yeah. You are in a position where people can um, criticise you on a m- many levels mm. and they don't know when you're wrestling and mm. sometimes the moment when you're wrestling the most is when you suddenly find arrows in your heart instead of a hand on your shoulder yeah. and that can feel lonely and isolating. Mm. Hmm. So share with me maybe then more about that good part, that God part <laughs> <laughs> that you've made a mention for because although we've, um, yeah, we've deep dived down into what's really hard about ministry and, and the conflict that that can cause within um, navigating your family life as well as serving God and then the complexities of people and yeah. how that hurtfulness can infiltrate us and, and where we're sitting Um, There's obviously a flip side to that and there's something really incredible and really beautiful about serving God and trusting that you're in the place that he has led the way for you to be in to serve him and love him and lead other people to him. So what is it in that that energizes you, that brings you great joy, that Mm -hmm. um, you made mention really, really early on about how you've always had a capacity to see people? Share more about that. Share more about the beautiful <laughs> things that you've seen as a part of ministry, the things that really bring you joy in when you see God at work. Yeah, um, definitely. When I think there is nothing more for, for me, um, 
you know, God came in and rescued me out of what felt like death mm. for me. It was dramatically life-saving for me and it changed everything about my life. So because of my own experience of that, I think that actually empowers me or that continues making me pursue other people mm. realising that. Because when when I see, when I sit in a, a group or when I'm talking to somebody, as I talk or as we discuss the word, it's like as you, you watch um, honey trickle on somebody until they begin to taste the sweetness mm. of the of God and his presence and suddenly you see light begin to build in their eyes. You see hope begin to, you hear hope build in what they're saying and instead of having a downcast, dark outlook, suddenly their view has changed and they've begun to see the, the true Jesus. It's that is empowering. That is just life-changing for me. Every time I see it, that it never gets old. Yeah. Um, I am greatly impacted by the powerful presence of Jesus and how that brings life into the darkest places. People who – I'll tell you one. Yes. I had one um, person I was working with in a group – and when she came in, um, one of the things she said was that she felt suicidal. Mm. She had begun to to wonder if there was any purpose in her life mm. and begun to think that life would be better for everybody else without her. And as we spent um, some days together discussing God and his word, um, she came back and said, this God that you talk about, the one who wants to sit with me beside still waters and wants to hear my heart, I don't know if I know him like that. Wow. And as we then continued to talk, she said, I went home and talked to that God. And she said, I think he's got things for me. Oh, wow. He's got things for me. Mm -hmm. He's got life for me. He's got purpose for me yeah. many months down the track. She is now living a vibrant relationship with God and her life, even though the circumstances of her life are nowhere near perhaps what she might have dreamed, mm. the, the hope in her heart is incredible because she she's, she's met with God in a whole new way. Yeah. So that to me, that is worth every sacrifice. That's worth every sacrifice. That keeps me coming back again and again. Keeps me sitting with people, um, listening, because I want to be able to hear their. Um, I want to be able to hear their story, and I, I want to, however I can, however it is possible, I want them to see Jesus. In so, however I can do that, I want to keep doing that. What an encouragement. What an um, incredible thing to be able to witness God working so deeply within someone's heart and to mm. see the fruit of that. Because often when we're leading or when we're serving, sometimes we don't have the opportunity to see the fruit come from that. So what a beautiful taste of God's goodness for 
not only that woman whose life's been transformed, but for you to see yeah. God at work and, and the good things that he's doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So many of those changed marriages, healed marriages, you know, children coming back to the Lord. You know, God is just so full of hope Yeah. for a life that has purpose into eternity. I love that that can't be snuffed out. I love that that can't be snuffed out. And, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's easy. I think we face incredible challenges mm. and definitely, you know, you see young people with terrible um, prognoses, terrible diseases, mm. horrifying things that they have to grapple with. Yeah. And yet they have hope because they have God. Well, you know, what can what can stand against that? Mm. That that's that's probably the thing. That's the thing that makes me tick. It's the thing that keeps me pushing in there. I wanna be able to I wanna be a conduit of that hope mm. the best that I can. So good. So good, Sue. So we've seen a uh, a picture of when things are really hard, mm-hmm. we've seen a picture of when things are really good. Um, are there any kind of, I think one of the last episodes you were on actually, Pete was with us. Oh. And <laughs> are you going to put me on the spot again? <laughs> well, he did put you on the spot, didn't he? And, he, and um, we were asking about your tells, when it is that someone who knows you really well can tell when things are not going so well for you. Um, so maybe we can remind our listeners about the conversation that we had previously, but what are, what is there for you that kind of um, signifies that Sue is doing really well or perhaps Sue is in that, in that place where things are a little bit bruised and Oof. things are a little bit hard? And, yeah, how have you seen other people kind of come around you and support you and... And step into your life. Yeah. Um, I think when Sue is doing really well, she's a constant bubbling brook of, you know, positivity, probably. Um, I hope not in a fluffy, splashy way. But um, when I'm not doing so well, I think the thing that I know or that people are beginning to know, Mm -hmm. I think I'm quite good at hiding. So um, I think it becomes more evident. My emotions become much more to the surface. Mm -hmm. And um, when we talked about my tell, I was like, I don't just cry. Like sometimes I might be angry or, you know, when I'm really going and I'm angry, my house gets very clean and, (laughs) you know... uh, I'm angry or I'm um, outspoken or I'm defensive or withdrawal. Depends which person I'm with probably. But um, when I'm feeling uh, like I'm wearing down a little bit, I think I become aware that I get quiet. My voice, which is usually bubbling away about the goodness (laughs) of God, suddenly I'm like I have nothing to say. And when that starts happening, I think I'm quite slow to realise what's going on inside of me. Great at listening to other people and, and being observant, but perhaps not so great with my own um, tiring. Mm. Um, I think that 
that's what I have recognised. I lose my voice and my my head gets very busy with doubt yeah. about, well, you probably couldn't sit alongside that person because what would you have to say to them? When that starts to happen, I begin to recognise um, I've become detached. My view has changed. Mm-hmm. It might have only moved five degrees, but instead of looking face-to-face in God and feeling his heartbeat and my heartbeat aligned, I've moved and suddenly I'm sitting under a million other people's gaze and my own critical gaze Mm. and I don't function well there. I I just do not function well. Um, And I can't trust the heart of other people in that place either. So even when they're encouraging me, my own voice gets pretty loud. So that's when I realise you need time to step out, mm-hmm. you need time to go and reconnect and to nur- to nurture myself. Where do I... And that's the beauty of gospel community um, is that I have people I can go to. Mm-hmm. You know, I have arrived on people's doorstep, burst through the door and burst into tears <laughs> And I have people around me who know me enough to go, oh, something really going on here and can ask me questions that help me articulate what is actually happening. So often I find that challenging by the time I get to that point. I can't give you a sentence about what's going on. Mm. I'm just in a turmoil. So when there are people who can actually speak life into that in a way that actually brings clarity that helps me be able to go to the father it helps me be able to to see what's actually the distortion in my heart and to be able to confess to be able to um, have reconciliation and that's that is just such an important thing such an important thing because that's what then enables me to get back into alignment to do the thing he's called me to Mm do yeah. So I think I have people around me who can um who pray and I'm often very aware that there are people praying when I'm in a hard time and I've got better at being honest about my head's out of control and I'm not in a good space. I think also as you um begin to age you have other factors that come into there. You don't have as much physical capacity as you did. Sometimes I find that really challenging because I still want to do what I did at 20 and I can't. (laughs) And sometimes that gets in my head instead of being able to come to that calm place and go, actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're bedridden. If you're face-to-face with Jesus, Mm -hmm. you can still minister and you can still minister with his power and his presence. So... So what do you find encourages you in that? You've talked about having a gospel community that surrounds you, people that are praying for you, people that can recognise when things are maybe a little bit awry for you. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps that's even before you've recognised it yourself. But how do you find that people can gather around you well and encourage you? Or are there, is there something else that kind of encourages you in your journey of serving God? I think the word rejuvenate was something that came up earlier. But where, yeah, where do you find rejuvenation? Where do you find a re-strengthening when you are needing to kind of just refresh and renew? 
Um, well, I think those are the times that I recognise that I need to go and create a quiet space for myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, getting out into nature is really, really important. Yeah. Um, whether it's a mountain top or a beach view or that is good for me. Um, it helps me realign. It helps me remember actually um, this small little piece that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, is is just so tiny compared to what the God of the universe is doing. It puts puts a lot of things into perspective for me. Yeah. So when I can do that, that's really good. It's It puts me back into the big picture. And it reminds me that... These moments might be hard, Mm -hmm. but actually I'm just in the sticky, thick pages of the book. It's not the whole story and I can trust the ending. So um, those things really help me, Uh, reading the word, listening to good worship music. You know, I find that very refreshing and reading the word and sitting in that, sitting and going, who am I again? Mm. What's actually the truth? Um, the fact might be this. I might feel really disorientated, but the truth is I'm held within in the palm of his hand. You know, nothing's going to move me out of that. Yeah. So those things, those are really re- refreshing to me. Hearing testimony yes. of what God's done in someone's life. Mm-hmm. When we do a restoration group and we have a celebration night and I, I actually hear somebody articulate how God has come to them Man, I might be physically and emotionally totally whacked, but that just sends my spirit soaring. So those moments, that's some of the balance I think for me is learning how to have time to make sure that that, that is really nurtured in me yes. so that then when I'm entering the the moments of being with people that I'm fully with people, fully rested and fully refreshed by by God. That's my that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> so the creekside was not so much of a metaphor before, but also probably a place that Sue does go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So on that note then, generally when we finish the podcast, you would know that we love to share a scripture. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I was wondering if there might be a scripture that has been pertinent to you in terms of your ministry life and your serving and could you give us a little bit of a snapshot of why that scripture has sure. been so important to you and then, uh, yeah, share it with us. Just sure. Beautiful. Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> well, it's pretty clear really my passion um, for people. So mm-hmm. the scripture that really... Um, speaks to me is Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 3 because right from the get-go this is what I feel that I am called to this is why this sums up what I feel God speaks to me about and every time I come back to it I'm like yeah that's it so let me read it The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, 
They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. In my mind, is there anything else? (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me again and again. And it fills me with purpose and joy. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and for sharing your story and this piece of your heart with us it's been really beautiful to have this conversation and i have no doubt it will be incredibly helpful hopefully as people are listening and considering how can i serve god long term in a way that is sustainable and purposeful and focused and worthy so Mm. thank you Sue. thanks jess it was a pleasure to share thank you for listening to the restore ministries australia podcast If today's episode was a blessing to you and you would like to support our ministry, please visit www.restoreministries.com.au forward slash donate. Every generous donation is used to further equip and serve the broader church and see people restored to true humanity. Or if you would like to access further articles, videos and resources, please visit our website, restoreministries.com.au and head to our resources page. Restore Ministries Australia, a catalyst for Christ-centred change.